freedom, we're gonna tear your kingdom down, Lord Jesus. Everybody. Uh, tonight, 
some of the main topics that we're going to be discussing and that we want everybody to uh, chime in on is dealing with uh, Alabama. The situation is, and, and, and the reason why we're talking about Alabama, among uh, so much of uh, other uh, other atrocities dealing with mass incarceration in the nation tonight, is that if you're talking about civil rights or humanitarian rights in the year 2020, you're talking about mass incarceration. And if you're talking about mass incarceration in 2020, you're talking about the state of Alabama and the lawsuits against the DOC here and the findings of the DOJ that were released on July 24th uh, this year. So we want to put all aim on Alabama tonight, and we want to shine some light on the heart of the, uh, the, the slaveholder state, the heart of the oppressor state, the heart of this, this caste system that's being used to funnel us into the lower underclass of society. With that being said, we have a $624 million budget for the Department of Corrections that was taken out of the general fund, 25% of the general fund for the fiscal year of Alabama. And this takes away from education and health care. The same budget pays for the health care of the elders and the education of the children. Yet not a doorknob was put on near one of these prisons after it was proven beyond a shadow of a doubt with amount of evidence that they are dilapidated, that we are being held against our civil rights, that we are being violated. So we want to shine a light on this, and we want to get right to it. And with that being said, I bring in Brother uh, B. New Hannibal Ross, son. Thank you. Appreciate it, Brother Mikael. It's always a pleasure to be on the um, um, platform with the people. Uh, this is live from the plantation, uh, like we said. So we're coming from behind the walls and cages, uh, giving our perspectives uh, on what we see, what we live, and what we experience on a day-to-day basis, you know, not just in the state of Alabama, uh, but uh, all around the United States. You know, the 13th Amendment, it's, uh, it's the law of the land. So that means that it applies in every state every penal colony, every every prison system, every department of corrections, or whatever name that it goes by, you know. And um, so we see in these conditions that we're living in right here, um, not so much to try to highlight, you know, our, our suffering above anyone else's, but there's just a, a, a narrative going on, you know. Uh, our prison system is in the news every day. Um, there's there's one report after another coming about it, about the conditions. Um, in this prison system, you know what I'm saying? And it gives a snapshot of what's going on in the other prison systems around the country, you know. Uh, so we want to make sure we, we, we give people the insight that we have, the intelligence that we have, so that we can build strategies, so that we can work together, uh, bring coalitions together and attack the same issues, you know, the, the issues with our parole board. Um, our, our state hired a man who has a history of making racist statements, uh, talking about hanging people, frying people when he would be, Attorney General, he said he want to fry people to their eyeballs pop out. You know, he has so many, you know, derogatory, egregious statements that he's made about human life. And it just shows the callousness, um, the disregard, the disrespect that they have for people who are incarcerated, our family members. And we're also talking about what we can do, what we can do on the inside. How do we organize? How do we educate ourselves? How do we bring brothers in? You know, a lot of people complaining about the issues. There's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of violence. The gangs have a lot of control. Well, we have to figure out a way to overcome that because people were not created like that. Someone someone, someone created conditions that, that created those type of behaviors, created those type of habits. So we have to be scientific in how we undo that, how we 
take these same mindsets and politically educate them, you know. And so that's what the work of the movement is all about. And, you know, we, we work with other organizations around the country. We'd be so happy to um, to receive that report. What we want to say to our supporters is that ground zero is the plantation. If you're working on criminal justice reform, those people, ground zero is the plantation. If you're working on prison reform, ground zero is the plantation. And so you can't skip over that. You can't say you want to organize the family members without organizing the people inside. You know, you can't try to uh, protest the issue with solitary confinement without organizing the people on the inside. You have got to reach to the people on the inside. That's the only way this problem is going to be addressed. Um, so I just want to make sure that we, we keep continuing to emphasize that point because people overlook that in organizing. You can't be our savior. We're not looking for safe. We're looking for allies. Uh, there was a post uh, we ran across on Twitter earlier uh, a couple of days ago. She said that we have to distinguish between people trying to be saviors and those how to be saviors are the ones who want to try to do it for you. You know, they're paternalistic. They're disrespectful. They're condescending in the way that they talk about these issues. They think they know all the answers, but they've never been a part of it. You know, but an ally is someone like what we have with abolition today. They didn't say, well, we're going to create a blog talk show and come on and talk to y'all about what's going on in the prison. That's not what they said. They said, we're going to create a use our platform and extend it to the people in prison and allow them to come on and articulate what's going on. You know, that's what an ally does. They share their platforms. They share their resources, you know what I'm saying, whatever they have to offer, and they answer the call. They don't call and say, well, oh, this is what we're doing, and we're going to come and do that for y'all. That's not an ally. That's not an ally. An ally is the one that calls and says, well, we heard that y'all put out a request for assistance. Uh, how can we How can we assist y'all? What do y'all need from us? How can we support it? You know, that's what we need from our allies. We're not incompetent. We're not invalid. We're not sitting in here trying to figure out, you know, what was me. We have solutions to these problems, you know, and we put our solutions out, and we need people to embrace what we have to say, to embrace our solutions to the problem. Um, so I'm going to move on for that. Um, I'm going to uh, get ready to turn it over to Brother Committee just as a month. Uh, I wanted to just say something briefly. Um, we've been working in a coalition around the 3rd 13th, dealing with the 13th Amendment, uh, repealing and replacing the 13th Amendment the exception clause, which is what allows these institutions to exist. You know, make no mistake about it. You know, these are prison slave plantations. That's what these are. That's why we say live from the plantation, because that's where we are. We're on the plantation. The institution of slavery never was abolished. It never went away. It changed forms. It went from, from private citizen ownership to public government ownership. That's why we they say state property, because that's where we are. We belong to the state. That's why they have their name stenciled on our back. That's why they late tagged us with the number to signify the inventory, you know. And there's an issue that we've been dealing with the race issue. And so I want to say this about the race issue in the context of this conversation about the 13th Amendment. This is not a problem that just happened for, for black people in this country. This is something we've been dealing with for over 400 years now. And we've been talking about this problem and talking about overcoming slavery for over 400 years. And we were made slaves for one reason and one reason only, and that was because of our race, and that was for economic consideration. And so that's all we know about this problem is race and economics. That's all we know. We don't know anything else because that's how it was created. That's how it was defined. That's how it was put into practice, and that's what, that's what allows it to continue to go on today, the race factor. Now, other people have been impacted by it, but only recently. 
for those people who are recently being impacted by it, it's not because of your race. It's because of class. You know, you have a class issue. We have a race issue. So we talk about it in the context of race and class. You're just talking about it in the context of class, you know. And so for those of you who are just now recently starting to feel the impact of it, it's something different for you. You're having a different conversation. You want to start the conversation where it starts impacting you. And we're saying, no, it, 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 the conversation starts long before you. You cannot come in and usurp the conversation because now you're feeling the pain. We've been feeling pain for a long time. And so we're going to articulate our pain and allow you to articulate your pain. But with the understanding that don't think that just because you're feeling pain now that all of a sudden you get to hijack the conversation or you get to dictate how the conversation goes. Because we're now in the same room because we're all on the plantation together. That's the reason why we're together now, you know. And we acknowledge the fact that when it started, because when it became, you know what I'm saying, it, it, it garnered more attention. But the fact that it's garnered more attention does not mean that the impact has not already been there. We've already been impacted, you know. So we acknowledge the fact that you are on the scene. We acknowledge the fact that you feel in pain now. But don't think that just because all of a sudden you feel in pain that now you get to control the narrative. Because when we come to the table, we're going to be talking about the same problems that we've been talking about for 400 years because that's all we know. Our problem hasn't changed. It's still attacking black people. It's still murdering black people in the street. You know, we're still being slaughtered in the courtroom. We're still getting the most time. We're still being profiled the most. And on and on and on. And I can go on and on and on, but it's not necessary. I'm just making the point that this has been our issue, you know. And so when we come to the table, we're still talking about our issue. We're not going to talk nice because you're sitting at the table, because nothing that we've experienced has been nice. Nothing we've experienced has been nice. Nothing we've experienced has been comfortable. And so we can't change our conversation because you're sitting at the table and all of a sudden you're feeling a little something. We'll hear you out, but you're going to hear us out too. And we're going to talk about the problem. And the problem is not going to, the conversation is not going to start where you say it should start, where you start feeling. We're just going to have the conversation. And the conversation is 400 years old for us. And a lot of our people don't understand. And so we have to bring understanding to the totality of the problem for our people. And that requires us to go back to a time and say some things that may make some people uncomfortable. But if you're uncomfortable with the truth, then you should get on board with us and try to do something about the truth. Don't try to cause us to mute the truth because we can't do that. We can't do it. I didn't say we're not going to do it. I said we can't do it because to do that is to sacrifice more of our people, and we're not willing to do that right now. I peace with that. Power. That, that, that's a powerful uh, demonstration. Uh, I appreciate that, Brother Ben. It covered uh, a lot of the things that uh, have been weighing on my mind throughout the day, it's, you know, especially uh, – anything that causes division or has the potential to cause division among uh, the brothers and the potential to do great things always uh, is something that weighs heavy on my mind because uh, we're too far behind the eight ball in, in doing things about uh, our situation. We've been in possession of the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding for far too many years for us not to be to the point that we understand that unifying, coming together, as one on one accord under one cause is the answer, is the solution to the problem. We know the solution to the problem to unify and collective action on a national level will change the condition and state 
of this country. I was just in Fifa earlier today, and Brother May mentioned of the fact that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad years ago prophesied that when the men in Alabama stand up, the whole world going to change. And people, well, yeah, in the 30s, it was, it was, it was father back then that he prophesied that, that when brothers in Alabama woke up, that the whole world would change. But people don't understand what the brother was manifesting that. Alabama is the heart of Dixon. This is the heart of their confederacy. This was the heart of their slaveocracy. This was it. This is a stronghold. So when the men in Alabama stood up and said no more, the rest of the world was going to pay attention, and they was going to do something. And we got a glimpse of that, that power and that prophecy in 2014 and in 2016, we got a chance to see what collective action do. We got a chance to understand when brothers come together and put their petty differences aside and organize and come together in a collective action that change is possible, not only possible, but probable. So if we know the solution to our problem, then, you know, we got to stop tripping. We got to stop ego tripping. We got to stop worrying about who name called. We got to stop worrying about how other people feel. You know what I'm saying? They not in here. They not experiencing what we experiencing. They don't know what it's like in here. So, yeah, they can, uh, they can left, you know, left armchair quarterback on what we should do and how we should do and what we should say. They believe in the system that we know don't work for us. They believe in it, and they want us to believe in it. But we have experiences that have given us a clear understanding of what's going on and what we up against. And this ain't got nothing to do with human rights. It ain't got nothing to do with crime and punishment. This is strictly about economic and control for these people. And the only thing they respect is money and violence. We're not in no position to initiate no violence and think that we're going to win and accomplish nothing. So we got to deal and focus with the money. At Free Alabama Movement, years ago, we came together and came up with an understanding that our approach and our attack had to be three-pronged. We had to understand that economically we had to exert some power, and we learned how to do that through shutdowns, boycotts, and so forth. We had to have a social aspect where we exposed these people for who they were. We showed society how these people were treating us. I think back to when I read uh, Huey Newton's uh, autobiography, and he was explaining how Prisons were controlled by the bureaucrats, and society never knew what was going on, and the only version that they had was what these prison crats told them. And that's how they kept control of the narrative. We took the narrative by filming videos, by doing interviews, by showing the people in society what was really going on. And socially, we exposed, embarrassed, and humiliated these people. We had an economical aspect. We had a social aspect but we didn't have a stable political base in order to effectuate our demand. We didn't have political power. We weren't politically organized. But this go-round, we have focused on trying to get brothers to understand that we have to have political education classes. We have to begin to organize our families, our communities into voting blocks. We have to hold these so-called candidates and politicians accountable or move them out of the way and put our own people there. 
But in order for us to effectually dismantle the 13th Amendment, dismantle prison slavery, and change the dynamics of this, we have to come together and unify on a collective level, get an understanding. We got to mobilize, organize, be educated, and talk on the proper roles and functions of how we do this. And we have to come together and do it. We got to shut their prisons down, expose the inhumanities, and at the same time exert our political power. We have to establish political power as a prison class. In this prison system here, there's over 20,000 people. If a small fraction, say 5% of those people, can get one person in their family to stand in their stead and vote their conscience, and we develop a list of potential candidates who can support and sponsor our agenda and our bills, and these are the people that we support with our voting block. These local elections are easily decided by 100 or 200 votes. We got the power right here and don't even know. We learned that we got it economically. We learned through technology that we can seize the moment in the narrative socially. And now it's time to manifest that we can establish a non-aligned political party that's not based on the Democrats or the Republicans, but based on the issues that we present. So that's what we're doing at Free Alabama Movement. We're not talking about the problems only. We're identifying the problems, we acknowledge them, but we are constantly, daily, developing solutions to these problems. And we don't have the solution, we have a solution. And that's what we're proposing. And if you got a solution, or that's a better one, then present it, and we'll listen, and if that's what it is, we can get with that. But if you don't have a better solution, then listen to what we're saying and come on and get on board and let's do this. But we got to stop all the philosophical masturbating about who who the smartest, who know the most this, who the blackest person, who don't like white people, who don't this and that. All of that ain't nothing but distractions and background noise that get in the way of what we're trying to do. I emphasize around here to the brothers, don't ever, I mean ever, let small things get in the way of big moves. And what we have the potential to do right here is a major move. I'm talking about do anybody on this call even realize What's been going on lately? I'm saying if you think back to the history of the, the provisional government for the Republic of New Africa, if you're familiar with the, the New African concept and their platform, then you know that they said that Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina was liberated territory. This is our territory. This is their proclaimed territory. And we have brothers on the inside in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina. We have the entire Southeast Coast represented here. And we have they and we have the potential to shut down the economics of the Southeast sector of the United States prison slave complex. Think about that. Understand the, the, the stage that we own, the possibilities we got, the potential. And then you'll realize all this little small time bickering and worrying about somebody's feelings and who's going to support who. Nothing. We don't need nobody. We all we need. If we come together on the inside, we all we need. You don't need nobody else. The slave can free himself if he just understands that he can be free if he come together with his brothers and overthrow the people that hold him. At any moment, we free when we get ready to be. We in prison because we submit to the power and we feel being killed for leaving. But at any time, we can choose to do different. So right what I'm trying to tell you, we have power. We're just giving it away. It's time for us to come together, put the differences aside, and let's get on the same page, and let's give them the business, and let's get our just due. Because history is waiting on us. We the men. It's us. 
Ain't nobody else. Everybody talking about who, what, when. If it ain't us, then who is it? And if it ain't now, then when? I ain't got time to wait. Enough is enough. Alabama ain't playing with us. We dying up in here left and right from drug overdoses. The, the violence that come behind being overcrowded up in here, the diseases, the lack of medical treatment. We ain't been getting parole. We ain't getting nothing but a first-class ticket to a super max mega state-of-the-art prison. That's what we're going to get if we keep sitting around waiting on Santa Claus or waiting on Jesus or waiting on the two fairy to come. Man, y'all better come together and get up and let's do something. We got an agenda. We got a platform. We got a method. What we waiting on? You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to get too crunk up and, and stirred up, but you know what I'm saying? Somebody got to say something. It's time for us to do something. Quit sitting around talking about what CBS said, what the DOJ said, what AL.com said. We know. We the ones who told them. We the ones who showed them. We know what's going on. We made allegations against the Alabama Department of Corrections. We presented video documentary evidence of what we were saying. The DOJ came in and validated everything we said in a judge, the DOC guilty, in violation of the United States Constitution. All the way around, ain't been no consequence. Ain't nobody been held accountable. But we sitting around like what? They gonna do something for us. Do y'all remember it was in 2014 that that same DOJ issued a 30-something page report about how these women were being raped, abused, and all? What have they done? Absolutely nothing but some cosmetic tropical changes. Man, it's on us. Us, those who in chains, it's on us to raise up and break these chains off and help the people understand that it's over with. That cycle over. We out that era. You know what I'm saying? If you can be astrological about it, you know what I'm saying? It's a new era, man. We're in a new time. It's a new spirit. It's a new dimension, man. It's time for the brothers in Alabama to come together, link up, and let's show the world what it do. Because I'm sick and tired. And I know a lot of my brothers and comrades sick and tired. And we, and we got a lot of brothers and comrades that's got out that's willing to aid and assist. It's just on us on the inside to do what we need to do in order to get the people on the outside where they need to be. With that, I'm a peace and hotel. Hotel. Man, there's nothing else that needs to be said to follow that up. We're going to open up the platform to the callers, man. We want to hear from y'all. Come on in, man. Let us, Max, got anybody on the line? Yeah, we got uh, 2101. I'm about to open up your line. 2101, you're on live, on live from the plantation. Hello. The last four digits of your phone number. Hey, thank you. Thank you for calling in. Go ahead. 2101. Yes. Um, my name is Candy Ray, and I am, oh, I'm so glad to hear y'all preach what I've been preaching. That, that Stephen Davis' is mother. I'm Stephen Smother, yeah. That he, he and you know he was. For those of y'all don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to introduce for those of y'all who don't know. Uh, this this mother, her son, <clears throat> was incarcerated at Donaldson Correctional Facility, and uh, he was beaten to death last year. You know, she's got the photos up. If you want to go and look at the photos, she shared them with all of us. Um, so. I'm honored to have you on. It's very courageous for you to call in. We appreciate you calling in. I just wanted to acknowledge, I apologize for interrupting you, but just hearing your name and hearing your voice, I just wanted to acknowledge and let you know we know exactly who you are. We know your story. Your son is a part of us. We know he's your son. 
and we, you know what I'm saying? We, and um, I just want to make sure I clarify that. But he's a part of us too. He's a part of our struggle. He's one of our brothers, and and so I just want to I just want to acknowledge and let you all know that her son she's not even been uh, gone a year yet. You know what I'm saying? But she, this is who this is. So uh, go ahead, Ms. Ray. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, I was going to just tell everybody. You know, you're telling people about the Department of Justice report. Yes, my son was mentioned in the Department of Justice report, and and like you say. That didn't get me any justice. It hasn't changed anything. So that's the reason we've got to continue to, for y'all, the last time I spoke, I spoke, I said, people, please, on the inside, send us these videos, send us everything we need so that we can help you, so that we can, you know, it's not about me. It's about Stephen's legacy is let's not let nobody else have to go through what we've went through as a family and I've got to say I stand there and my sister she's black and she holds me while I cry at these things and you know it's not an issue of color for us issue of what they're doing to her sons that are still in prison and the fact that they might be dead tomorrow you know you just never know they they broke every bone in my son's face. They stomped him and used the baton on him. There were six of them there when this happened. Um, but I feel so passionate. You know, I, if anybody's seen the videos of me, I am on oxygen. I've got COPD and emphysema. I've got like 25% lung capacity. But I promise y'all, Stevie will be dead a year, October the 5th. Until I can take no last, until my last breath, I will continue to tell my story to hope that it will change and make things better in the system. I don't know how it will, but I'm going to continue on and on. And I'm so honored to hear y'all speak. It's just, it just warms my heart, the knowledge and the that y'all know and the things that y'all know that I'm just a simple mama. I tell them all I can do is get up here and say, I love y'all. I love y'all, all of y'all. And I hate to see y'all. God bless you. I know what, I know what y'all are going through. My son sent me pictures and I've seen so many since he died. People have sent me pictures of what they're going through. And I just pray that we can get out of this. I never I would have imagined that we were still in the slave days until until you made it, till they killed my son, and I realized what was really going on in Alabama. People don't do that, don't realize it. They don't, they don't even know what they hear you talking, but they're not listening. They're not listening. They're not listening unless they've, had it happened to them, they're not listening. Somehow or another, we've got to make these people listen. And y'all, y'all sound like y'all have it all rolling. Just tell me what I need to do. I'm here with you. Tell me what to do. I've prayed for justice. But they say coronavirus and they won't even, they don't even do a, a before the grand jury been a year now and can't even get them there. 
I and I told them they, I and I gave them, uh, said they were fine. They didn't do anything wrong. But of course, we know I and I worked for Alabama Department of Corrections. A lot of people didn't know that. I didn't know that it was part of the Alabama Department of Corrections. I thought that it was a fair uh, facility that was, you know, taking care of it fairly. But I learned that it wasn't, that they're all connected. And people need to realize it started all the way down to the city jails. It didn't just start in the prison system. I mean, it, I mean, they have hurt my son in the past. He was tased in 2012. Yeah. Bless him dead. He stayed on life support for nine days. That well, Miss uh, Ray, we really appreciate we really appreciate you calling in and sharing that information. You made a point about I and I, um, and um, you you made two points. You said what what can you do to help? We just want you to keep supporting us. You know, we know you're on oxygen. You can only get out in limited circumstances. You know. But when you can get out, you know, uh, come out and support. We're going down to the parole board um, September 29th. We're going to be protesting, uh, uh, demanding that they release more people. So if you can attend, please do. Um, And also you mentioned about I&I. The DOJ report also said that these people were complicit with covering up murders, rapes, brutality, extortions, and all of that stuff. So, you know, we have to continue to expose that. Um, We're going to move on. Uh, We appreciate you calling in. Uh, keep calling Thank back. You. You're always welcome to come on our platform. You're always in our thoughts and prayers. Um, God bless you. God bless you. And be no point. Be no, oh, I'm sorry, Sam. Thank you. Be no point out the fact that the majority of INI investigators are ex-DOC officers. Yeah, either and, uh, ex-DOC or correctional officers or, or yeah. police officers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They all come from the same class. They're not coming from same any new time. pool. A new resource, so it's the same as us. Uh, uh, do we have any more callers, Matt? Yes, you do, brother. Uh, you have uh, three, two, seven, eight. I'm about to open you up. You are live on right. the plantation. The last four three, digits. two, seven, eight. The last four digits are your number three, two, seven, eight. You are live on the plantation. Go ahead. You might be muted. Unmute yourself. Three, two, seven, eight. If you press one to speak and the last four digits of your number are three two seven eight. Um welcome to live from the plantation. You're in the host queue. Uh, check your phone and see if you're on mute. If you want to speak, go ahead. If not, we're gonna to move to the next caller. All right, moving All on. All right, next. The next one would be two seven one one, two seven one one. You're live on. All right, call us the last word. Yes. Go ahead, 2711. Last four digits of your number, 2711, live on the plantation. Uh, They just dropped off completely. All right, maybe they got some connection problems. We got plenty of hands up, though, so let's try try another one. Uh, Five. Don't forget we got the hurricane. Yeah, there is a hurricane. So 5911, your line is open. Good evening. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, ma'am. We can hear you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for calling live on the plantation. Go ahead. So good evening, gentlemen. Uh, My name is Jamelia Land. And uh, before I share some information with you all, I want to tell you how much respect 
I have for you all, um, how commendable it is that you are standing forward boldly and victoriously with absolutely no fear um, and pushing this conversation forward um, and effecting necessary change. I'm a firm believer that those that are right in the heart of the problem are the ones who are best equipped to uh, provide solutions. And so uh, I want to let you all know that not only do I stand in solidarity and support with you, but um, I I will stay in continuous prayer for you. Um, So as I said, my name is Jamelia Land. Excuse me, I'm calling in from the state of California. Um, I'd like to thank Max uh, for introducing me uh, to you amazing uh, group of men. Um, I am also a member of Abolish Slavery National Network. Uh, I am also an executive board member of an organization called March On. We are a 501c4 organization. We were founded in 2017. Uh, we, fo- we focus on harnessing the grassroots energy of mass mobilization uh, to create political power. Uh, currently, uh, one of our staples is that we support and resource hundreds of local affiliates and organizers on a nationwide level. Uh, We mobilize our networks uh, for national campaigns. We partner with progressive organizations on joint initiatives. Um, We have worked with some of everyone from March for Our Lives to Moms Demand Action. Um, We we build large viral movements. Uh, We are currently working with some of everyone from the ACLU to the SEIU, Um, Our working relationships span the spectrum of progressive movement at the national level. Um, Grassroots is is our specialty. Um, In 2018 and 19, uh, over 30% of our revenue was spent on direct local support, from critical financial support to toolkits, PR support, digital and graphic services, technical office hours, and access to data. And so what I would like to bring to you all is some of those resources and some of those tools. Something that you said or someone said early in the conversation that I think is key that we must recognize is allyship um, and that this is, in fact, you all's movement and that you all need a certain level of support and you don't need people coming in with their own opinions and ideas. You don't need people coming in trying to hijack your movement. Uh, in your moment, because those same people are not willing to come in and sit in those cells and do that time. And so I want you to know that I am extremely cognitive and aware of that. And that, um, yes, I will. I'm sorry, my four-year-old came in with her little pet, and she wants me to take care of the pet. So while we talk, we're going to take care of the pet, too. Uh, But I I just, I want to let you all know that what you are doing is phenomenal. um, And I will support you in the best way that I can. I'm just, I'm absolutely taken back by some of the information that has recently been shared with me to know that over $628 million uh, is a part of the budget to see the videos that you all have put together and understand the conditions of which you all are living and enduring every day. Uh, This is a human rights violation. Um, I think people need to understand that though you may be a quote-unquote prisoner, that prisoners are people too, that you all are someone's sons and fathers and husbands and cousins and uncles, and that you all are loved as well. Uh, It is an absolute travesty what has happened in this country that we continue to dehumanize the life of a black man, a black woman, 
um, and I am absolutely appalled and sickened by it. And whatever it is that I can do, I want you all to know that I am a thousand percent on board with you. Um, and and it's, it's, it's time. It is that time. Um, the fact that uh, this information has come out, and as you have said, nothing has been done. Um, it is time that we do something about that. If they don't want to listen, we go to their house and we make them listen. I love Thank it. you, Ms. Thank I love you. Uh, if there is there any other callers, uh, Max? Yes, I I'd just like to say thank you, Jamelia Land. I really appreciate you, and I will talk to you again soon. Yes, indeed. True, true, man. All right. Uh, let's see. We got. Uh, let's try three, two, seven, eight. One more time. They still got the hand up. Uh, you want to do that? All right. Three, three two, two, seven, eight. Seven, eight. Three, two, seven, eight. You on live? Live from the plantation. Three two seven eight. I don't know. Maybe maybe they service bad, uh, bro. Then hurricanes. Not a lot of people service out in Alabama. So if it's a local call. All right. Uh, we got. Go. I think two zero six six was Jamelia. That's seven five seven number. Let's see. Let's try it again. Two zero six six. You're on live on the plantation. Yes. Uh, uh, my name is. Uh, David Lucas. Uh, who was the speaker? That was Jamelia Land out of California. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, Dave? I'm doing all right. Is that Melory? Yes, sir. Oh, yes. That was, you said her name was what? Jamel? Jamelia Correct. Land. J A M I L Jamil. I A Jamilia Land. Land. Okay. L A N D last name. Land, like as in land. L A N D. Yes. Land. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Is it? Uh, I was. In, I came in. I guess maybe towards the end of your, what you were saying, so I missed a lot of it. But I did like what I did here, and uh, I was. She said something about that. If they don't want to listen, that she would take it to their doors. How does she propose to do that? And exactly what is How does she plan to do that? Um, um, I answer that. Uh, in in the state in the state of Alabama, we just demonstrated a uh, a caravan for justice where. Hundreds of people lined up outside of the governor's mansion directly at the front door and took the protest directly to their door, as well as the media, to expose them right at their front door. So we'll take the issue to the front door if that's what's necessary. Okay. That was done on the 24th? That is, that is the basis of what we're trying to do here right now. What we're trying to do is bring everybody on the inside together in order to effectuate uh, a move that will hit their pockets and at the same time make that move coordinated strategically with the outside with you all taking the, the, the information and the protest directly to these people's door at the same time so everything is in their face. Everything is right up front. Everything is out in the open. They have no other option but to address this issue. 
Okay, now I, I just have just little comment. Alabama, uh, this has been in their face. They've been known about the problem, but Alabama, they act, they, they're ignoring, you know, what we're saying, ignoring what the problem is, and they're just continuing to do business as usual in Alabama. So, I mean, is there a solution for that? Can you hear me? Yes, we can yes, hear you, Amelia. Um, so thank you. Um, so I'd like to tell you, uh, I'm, and you have to pardon me because I'm, I'm a tad bit emotional over here hearing um, hearing a lot of this, especially listening to this mother um, who continues to stand in the mm. gap. So uh, we at March On, we are the original founders of the Women's March. As you may know, uh, we were able to mobilize over one million women in a single day's time on about four days over in about four days worth of organizing. And so when I say that we will bring it to the door, I believe that Alabama, and I am in full agreement, that Alabama is not going to be able to do this on its own. It is going to require people from different states to come in and shore up the polls and offer that support. And so I am willing to put out a call to action, tap into the various resources and national organizations that I am affiliated with, and put out a call and say, we need to descend upon the state of Alabama like they've never seen a dissension before. And we need to take the voices of the people on the inside that are pleading and crying for help, and we need to demand that something be done and hold these people accountable. If that means bringing out national news media, international news media, um, having people from every walk of life show up and say, we will take shifts, we will not leave until something is done, that is what I am talking about doing. Uh, because you all cannot do it alone. I agree with that. God bless you, so God thank bless you. Thank you. Really. Did, that, did that answer your question, bro? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to add or you want to share? No, I'm just going to listen right now. Okay, well, thank you very much for calling in, sir, and we appreciate all of your support and everyone's help that's on the line, that's listening, that's on the air. This is this is us fighting for us. We all we got, man, and we thank you all. Max, can we get the next call? Um, there, yeah, there, well, there's people with their hands up that had already spoken, but there's nobody new with their hands up at this point. So if okay, you want we to got speak, a brother in the queue. All right, a, a brother in the queue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. We're going to bring another young brother on, uh, another one of our um, uh, emerging leaders uh, from the inside. We want to come on. Hotel. You hear me? Bahamabu Hotel. Yeah, we can hear you. Hotel.
Yeah, so so y'all would have to. Yeah, I'm already here. Yeah, I'm already here. So you know, yeah, y'all have to give me for that. But there are a few things I want to point to, and um, they're mostly directed to brothers, you know, that are uh, incarcerated like us. You know, not necessarily the allies and support um, society, but we had a, a, a discussion earlier about some of the solutions, you know, some ideas. Because let's let's understand that the solutions that uh, the Free Alabama Movement present, um, we don't. And, and, and sure enough, you know, by me not being an exact member of the Alabama movement, but just participating in every single demonstration that they ever promote, but um, don't profess to have all of the answers, you know. And so this, they, they create platforms so that others can come and, and, and promote their ideas, you know. And if they if they coincide with ours, you know, we see real movement there, and we can move. But brothers with no ideas come and shoot down ideas. They don't do nothing but cause tension, you know what I'm saying? They don't do nothing. You know, they break down any type of any type of move that we do. And oftentimes it's out of fear. Oftentimes the brothers who do this, you know, they they, they see steps toward um, real change and they become uncomfortable. They realize that there might be some type of re- repression or they might well there's gonna be repression. You know, the uh, um or like like the brother was alluding to earlier, they'll tell uh, supporters are gonna back out, they're gonna lose money, they're gonna whatever the case may be. And if, and if that is our aim then, you know, we might as well stop now because we ain't never going to get nowhere. You know, so uh, like the sister said, you know, we need that ally support. It's critical because we're gonna, it's going to be repression. We know this. It's going to be repression. But we can't not act because we're afraid of the the, the, uh, the response. We can't do that. And we can't keep coming together doing all this critical analysis and all these empty theories and not getting nowhere. We need action. You know, and, and I'm, man, I'm talking about I'm honored to, to just be in a, in a collective with, with people who this is what they're about, you know, information in action. You know, I'm not going to be talking. I'm going to give you the info, but I'm going to get out here and demonstrate proof. You know, we need that. And with that being said, um, some of the brothers, you know, we, we, we've been building with a, uh, with a demonstration. The brothers said, you know, we all we got. And true enough, we are all that we got, but we all we need. And that's a much better, uh, much better saying. I was saying that to a guy one time when I was in segregation, passing by him, you know, just, I'm like, man, we all we got. He said, stop saying that. He said, we all we need, and it's true. We are all we need. Us, locked up. True enough, you know, the support on the outside, you know, they can, like like the sister was saying, you know, they can they can make noise and they can do all this stuff, but just like DOJ report put out all of the information, they couldn't say it no better. You know, DOJ report explain how the uh, I and I officers were complicit with all of the corruption inside of the inside of the uh, the Alabama Department of Corrections. They explain how the entire system was was corrupt from so many different uh, so many different avenues from police brutality to to the medical malfeasance to the overcrowding. To, they, they explained it way better than we could. And what did the politicians in Alabama come out and say? Steve Marshall, the Attorney General, came out and said he's not going to let DOJ bully him. He's not going to let them tell us what we're going to do with our prison system. Kay Ivey said we're going to make Alabama solutions to Alabama problems. They basically just said we could care. They gave a, a middle finger to the DOJ. Basically saying we could care less about what y'all are saying. We could care less about y'all investigation. You know, when we got all of this, we got all of this attention, media attention, all of these supporters out there. But what everybody is want to know is what we going to do. You know, us in here, what we going to do. You know, the brothers that are incarcerated. You know what I'm saying? You know, so, so what is the demonstration? You know, what are we doing? So when you got brothers coming together with, with plans and ideas on how we can unify and how we can get some vehement change in our situation, you know, certain things we're going to do are going to make change because doing anything is going to make some change. But we, we, need, we need vehement change here in Alabama, man. Guys are dying all the time. And ain't nothing being done about it. 
change. And, and I'm honored to see those, you know, coming together to want to help us and everything. But, man, you know, um, if, if you're not going to be a part of the solution, I really don't want to hear nothing about your critique. I could care less. You know what I'm saying? And so we got a real uh, organiz- uh, uh, a more um, clandestine organization that I can't really speak about, you know, here because some of the stuff that we plan is not to be spoken of, you know, because we understand that there are um, age provocateurs infiltrated amongst us or whatever. But um, there's a, there's a demonstration that, you know, we're, we're going to do that. I mean, less about getting attention and more about direct and effective change, you know, because we've gotten the attention. We have all the attention in the world. I'm saying it's, it's a matter. Of, it's about direct, uh, direct action that's gonna bring about direct change now. And so, um, you know, if, if you're on board, you know, I love you and I appreciate you, and and, and we're so thankful for you. And if you're not, man, get off the stage. Hotel. 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 And that's the facts. That's yeah. the science and the mathematics. All of us got to come together, man, on the inside. Say, say again. I just wanted to add just one little thing on what he said and, and, and bring that full circle with what we heard from the people that's calling in. You know, when people are coming in to support, you know, the sister Jamelia, she said she was talking about bringing organizations in and people standing lockstep. You know, when people come in to support, that message needs to be directed toward the guys on the inside like, hey, this is what the problem is. This is how y'all, this is how the labor is contributing to it. This is how it's going to the canteen experimental. We we got to put the numbers out there. Uh, Connor Sheezer, a reporter for AL.com, just reported that the DOC makes $1 million a month in profit off of the canteen. But he didn't say what, what's being done with that $1 million. He also didn't say how much was being spent to make that $1 million in profit. And so we need to know how much money is being spent on canteen. We know what the $1 million profit is, and then we need to know what the $1 million profit is being spent on. And when you bring that full circle, then you can present that when you want when you want it when you're doing an interview, when you put together pamphlets, when you're making marches, you can put this right in front of the family members and say, This is what this is how you're contributing to it. This is what we need to stop. If you stop this, this impacts their budget right here. Then you get to the to the, the report that was done by EJI. They said in 2018, $24 million was spent uh in, in inside in these in these prisons on just uh, snacks and cakes and cookies. $24 million, but they don't say if you take those $24 million out, this is how it impacts the budget, and that's the type of research that we need. We need to be able to show people exactly what these numbers are, okay, the the the, the um the, the industry. You know, they did reports, so this is a $6 million industry. This is a that million dollar industry, but they're not telling people that if you stop working, this is how you impact the operating budget of the ADOC. So our whole conversation, see, we're talking about slavery. And when you're talking about slavery, you're talking about an economic system, just like capitalism, just like communism, just like socialism. You also have slavery. And slavery is an economic system just like all the rest of them. Now, all of them have strengths and weaknesses to them, you know. But the weakness in the institution of slavery is that if the slaves don't get up and go to work, the system of slavery does not work. Mm-hmm. This is bottom line cut and dry. So when people come in, that's the way we need to emphasize this problem. And for guys on the inside, when people come in to help, when they talk about it, we need to be explaining to them why we need to go on shutdown. See, one of my mentors told me, he said, man, he said, really, we need to move the conversation away from work strike and start trying to uh, re-educate guys and understand 
what George Jackson said. When you come in prison, you do not need to work, period, ever. Just point blank bottom line. When you enter into a prison, there needs to be a culture in place that say you are not to work, period, because work is harmful to your objective of getting out of prison. So you know what I'm saying? We talk about work strikes, but work strikes have a beginning and an end date to them. You know what I'm saying? When you when you introduce a whole new concept that we need to stop working, period, then you start the system just immediately just becomes wiped out because that's what this that's what slavery is all about. It's about the free labor and it's about the exploitation. And we need to be showing people how it's monetized, and then we need to show them the impact. When you're talking about divestment and defunding, the first people who need to divest are those of us on the inside. The second people who need to divest are our family members who sending their money through JPay and and uh, mm-hmm. Secure SecureLink and the other. You know what I'm saying? This is where the divestment. We keep we we keep talking about divestment away from the prison at the on the, the state level. They're having a divestment program that they're talking about at Harvard, and they're having them around the country about. Uh, you know, state institutions need to divest. Well, we are still too far away from the prison. This is where the struggle is. The conversation has to be here. What we're talking about has to originate from right here. When we're talking about all of this stuff, it has to be put in the context of right here on the plantation. Um, we're going to take just a few minutes commercial break. We went over our break, our first break. So we're going to take a short break, give everyone kind of a minute to catch your breath. I digest everything that's being said uh, as we get ready to go into the final uh, closing minutes on the other side of the break. So, uh, Max, go ahead and get ready to take us into a break. Uh, coming back out of the break, if you want to be on, press 1, um, and we'll bring you back on. Immediately coming out of the break, we'll bring our final callers in, and then after that, we're going to go ahead and uh, have our final conversation and discussion, and then we'll close out, and we appreciate you. This is live from the plantation. Can't get it nowhere else but on Abolition Today, Blog Talk Radio Show. Just a heads up, all the information that you're speaking about is on Abolition Today's Facebook page where you can find it. Welcome to to the uh, United States of Corporate Motherfucking America. Prudential. Smith Barney. Merrill Lynch. Bristol Moss. Maytag. Craft Master, DuPont, MCI, SBC. When they declared a war on drugs, my nigga, they declared war on us. Drug offenders mean more prisoners, and more prisoners mean more prisons built. More wood, more concrete and iron. More trucks, more gas, more iron. Framers, plumbers, electricians, consultants, advisors, technicians. More guards, more guns. Pass more laws to lock up more niggas, and that's more funds. Now they gotta hire more ones. More handcuffs, billy clubs, and stun guns. See, more calls, more CBs, and sirens. Most drug offenders is nonviolent. It's all corporate. The state ain't the owner. This prison's brought to you by Tom Warner. Reverse agreement with the United States in terms of what they export and where it comes from. But the mere fact that they say that the Tariff um, Act of 1930 that says that we're not allowed to accept prison labor-produced goods, you know, um, exported into the country, 
means it should mean that you don't think it's right. And if you don't think it's right, then you need to look in your own backyard and see what you're doing. Somebody got to drive the buses out to the sticks. Somebody got to make the ink for fingerprints. So these companies, they donate to candidates. Cash for the ones that's tough on crime in a state. More arrests equal more votes. Pass more laws that hurt more Latin, black, and poor folk. Then cut money for education. So they can spend more on incarceration. The company that feds your kids at lunchtime now. Feed them when they grown, locked on the child line. About a half a mil in jail for drug charges. It was only 50 down before Reagan took office. Then he sold guns for dope to the Contras. And crack rock exploded in Oakland and Compton. More gets locked up as expected. This prison's brought to you by General Electric. It just seems like they're they're taking advantage because the mere fact that they don't have overhead in terms of insurance and workers' comp and all these other things, you're having you're getting all these benefits as a result of having the labor. Um, and if you want to say, okay, well, we're training them, we're giving them a skill, we're giving back, it would be one thing. But if you're paying someone 17 cents an hour, that is heinous. It's a come up, a new slave workforce. Just lock these niggas up and make them work for us. And they like to rap about it. That'll work for us. Market them niggas helping slave a new workforce. Dope and guns, guns and dope. Keep them high, no hope, bro. And in and out of code, it's all profit. From the dope to the locksmith. Machine so big, Jesus Christ couldn't stop it. It's a parable. See the Pharaoh, the president. If Jesus came back, they label him a terrorist. I ain't religious, but I read the scriptures. From what I read, Jesus would have been banging for us niggas in that safe. And all poor folk on the struggle, they can lock me up. But the Lord forgive me for the hustle, cause niggas just on some feed, they kill shit. Living in the system brought to you by big business. Once you change your philosophy, you change your thought pattern. Once you change your thought pattern, you change your, your attitude. Once you change your attitude, it changes your behavior pattern. And then you go on into some action. As long as you got a sit-down philosophy, you'll have a sit-down thought pattern. And as long as you think that old sit-down thought, you'll be uh, in some kind of sit-down everywhere. It's not so good to refer to what you're going to do as a sit-in. Then right there, castrates you. Right there, it brings you down. What, what goes with it? What, think of the image of a, someone sitting. An old woman can sit. An old man can sit. A chump can sit. A coward can sit. Anything can sit. Well, you and I have been sitting long enough, and it's time today for us to start doing some standing and some fighting to back that up. When we look at other parts of this earth upon which we live, we find that black, brown, red, and yellow people in Africa and Asia are getting their independence. They're not getting it by singing, We Shall Overcome. No, they're getting it through nationalism. It is nationalism that brought about the independence of the people in Asia. Every nation in Asia gained its independence through the philosophy of nationalism. Every nation on the African continent that has gotten its independence brought it about through the philosophy of nationalism. And it will take black nationalism that to bring about the freedom of 22 million Afro-Americans here in this country where we have suffered colonialism for the past 400 years. America is just as much a colonial power as England ever was. America is just as much a colonial power as France ever was. In fact, America is more so a colonial power than they. 
because she's a hypocritical colonial power behind it. We are back. Welcome back from the break. Welcome back from the break. Max, do we have any call up on the line? Uh, we got a couple of hands still up here. Uh, 5911, your line is still open. Did you have something to say? Yes, th- thank you again. Uh, this, this, is, this is Amelia. Um, the more I listen, um, just the more I, I, I'm, 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 I'm between speechless and, and a lot to say, so I don't want to say too much. Um, but as I look at what's happening throughout the country right now, um, and we're talking about the necessity for systemic change, um, looking at the history of Alabama and the prison system, um, I think that we would be amiss if we did not come together and collectively work on making Alabama a serious target. We are in the middle of a, a very contentious uh, uh, political campaign, uh, trying to get the tangerine tantrum out of office, and uh, we have, you know, some evils that are still lurking uh, to replace him. Um, but I really think that we, we need to figure out how is it that we take this conversation to a national and international level? Because while we oftentimes talk about listening to this mother and her losing her son at the hands of law enforcement behind these walls and how often and frequently this happens, we hear about unarmed men being shot and chokeholded, but rarely do we have the conversations about the deaths that are taking place every single day in these facilities, and not just physical deaths, but civil and civic deaths as well from the erroneous write-ups, uh, to the, the board denials, all of these things. And so my question to the men on the inside is, like the mother, what is it that I can do? What is it that, that we can do collectively on the outside to amplify your voice, um, create or foster additional platforms for you all to be able to tap into? Um, and and how, how, do you, how do you want us to be able to move? Let me um, chime in. I know I heard the other bro. I think he want to come in also. So I'm going to respond. I'm going to give you my part of the response and then a couple more. I, I know for sure one other brother wants to speak on that. Um, I think that um, well, it's not I think I know. I know that what we need is to to amplify, like you said, first we want to amplify our platform, but we also have to take action. And we have a specific action plan. Um, it's, we, we, we do work strikes. We do boycotts. And we do protests, and so right now we're on a we're on a reeducation plan, and so we've got to get everyone to take our platform, our solutions, and start pushing them out there to help us target the state of Alabama, to target the communities in that, in the state of Alabama, but also to target the prisons. You know, we organize, when we say protest, we're talking about protests at the prisons. We we want our supporters on the outside. When visitation was going on, we would do it on visitation day so that we can catch the family members coming in and out on visitation day. And the way that we were able to organize the nationwide work strike is that we reduced our platform to easy steps that everyone could follow. And so that's what we're doing. We have to do the economic uh, analysis of this. We, we, we've got to get uh, assistance with research to pulling the numbers out. 
and we have to send that information directly back inside the prisons to help the people on the inside who are organizing to get the guy who are participating in this stuff to understand what the participation looks like. Because most people don't know what their participation looks like. So that's the second thing. And finally, on the outside, the outreach uh, to, to help us organize the family members and organize the community uh, around strategies that, that would allow them to, to know exactly what they can do. Um, so those would be the suggestions that I would have just to help us amplify our platform to assist us with getting our message out and to reach directly inside of the prisons. You know, and uh, the other sister offered coming to the state of Alabama, if that's possible, fine. Um, we have a, a protest September 29th at the parole board. When people come to that protest to show up and demand a release, we want signs up also saying release or else, or else what, or else a shutdown, boycott is coming. You know, and to when those family members are there at that boycott, tell them, hey, these guys are interested in organizing work strikes. This is what the impact of the work strike. These guys are interested in organizing boycotts. These are the impacts of the boycott. This is where your contribution is going to the operating budget of the Alabama Department of Corrections. This is what will happen if you remove that. This is what will happen if they remove their labor. This is what happens if they boycott the canteens and stores. That's all we got. You know, that's, 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 that's what we believe in. That's what we stand on. And that is the underpinning of the system. And so we've got to get more people to get signs up, to get the message out, to get this platform, to get our, our tactics solidified and to help us put that out all over the United States. This is what we have to do. And if you all focus on Alabama and make it ground central, the more the merrier. That's better for us. You know what I'm saying? Because in the final analysis, the final thing, there has to be some action taken. And so if we take action, then we can be the example. We can be the example for others to follow. But no one's going to follow us if there's no action being taken. You know what I'm saying? So we've got to get to the point of action. And when we get to the point of action, then the people on the ground, social media allows us to reach other uh, most every prison around the United States. You know what I'm saying? So it's not going to be a problem to say, hey, it's going down. They're down. They're here. Get involved. This is what we need y'all to do. This is the next stop. You know what I'm saying? So that's how we have to organize and put it together. And the people on our side, if you're not – if you're speaking and you're not using the word work strike, boycott, protest at the prisons, and you're not talking numbers, you're not helping us. You're just not helping right. us because that's the only thing. We'll, that's our platform. That's what we're working on. And uh, I know another brother wanted to speak. I'm going to turn it over to him. Peace. Uh, Jamila, this brought Kinetic. Um, I really, really, I'm talking about, deeply appreciate uh, the offers of assistance that you've given us. And I'm talking about, it's, it's, a, it's a God thing. Uh, and it made me think about something that I have been discussing with uh, some of the people that we work with on the outside here. Um, I love the fact that uh, the brothers throughout the Alabama prison system have linked up with one another and, you know, we communicate and we get our issues out there and we expose the DOC, you know, for what's, what's happening with us. But I kind of feel some type of way because I know that the sisters in Alabama are experiencing just as much repression, just as much oppression as we are. And yet they have no solid platform, no one to be their voice, no one to speak for them to the issues that they're dealing with on a daily basis. Uh, so I would love uh, to introduce to you the concept and idea that I've been discussing with some of our people, and that's creating a branch uh, of Free Alabama Movement that specifically uh, speaks to the issues of the women uh, at Tutwiler in Alabama. Uh, they have a DOJ report that's 
just as scathing as the one for the men prison. And it goes back a few more years than the one for the men prison. So I just wanted to put the idea and concept that those who want to help, they can link up with the queen team, uh, the Free Alabama Movement queen team. Uh, Sister Nikki is uh, our communications and uh, director for that. And to link up with her, uh, to link up with any one of us, and to fully, you know, finish developing this concept or developing a platform uh, for the sisters at Tutwiler. Uh, I know one sister, Tara Belcher, uh, that has several articles for years in uh, the San Francisco Bayview, and she's a very vocal and articulate sister uh, that tries to get as much attention to the issues at Tutwiler as she can. And I just want to create some kind of platform that amplifies uh, that sister's voice as well as help other sisters on the inside to connect and to link up with us. Yeah. If I can, but brother, that's just, uh, when, I'm sorry, when this call is, when this we, call is if, over, if I'd if like an opportunity to talk with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd like an opportunity to talk with you uh, because that's, that's something that came up um, in a conversation that I had about a week and a half ago, um, and that is about the, the differences between what's happening in these facilities for men and for women. Um, and that, and in no disrespect, but I see that uh, men oftentimes get more support than the women do, whether it's the packages and the phone calls or the money on the books or the advocacy. Um, men tend to have, you know, the visiting rooms are oftentimes full. But when you look at women's facilities, we don't get that same level of support. And so I just want to thank you on behalf of the women as a man standing in the gap and speaking on behalf of us um, and, and saying, you know, that we do need uh, those additional resources. And so I would, I would love to be able to talk with you and see how, um, how we can incorporate that and give the women uh, what it is that they need. Well, that, 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 that can be arranged. I'm talking about, uh, we can definitely link up because and, and it's something that I'm passionate about. Uh, I got a mom. I got a daughter. You know what I'm saying? I got sisters. And, and I just know people who are at Tuckwiler, and I know from direct conversation and experience what they're going through. And it pains me that, like I said, that we do so much in the men prisons and we get so much attention about what's going on here. But it seems like no one is talking about what our mothers, what our sisters, what our aunts, right. what our daughters are going through in these institutions. And as men, it's on us to step up and address those issues because we're not protecting our women. Therefore, we need to do something to amplify the voice of our women to help them get the help that they need. And that's where I'm at on that. And I would love to talk with you further and develop that concept and to establish that platform and incorporate it into a Free Alabama Movement uh, platform. I definitely appreciate your, your offer in that regard as well. Great, man. That's great. That's great. That's powerful. And, and, man, listen, directly to the incarcerated men and women who are listening, who are on this call, this is us fighting for us. This is us fighting for us. Come on in out the rain, man. Free yourself. You got the power. Stop giving your power away. Harness your power. Utilize your power. Max, um, we had uh, received a couple of text messages. People were requesting the, the information. I know you were communicating, but I want to say this to the people who are listening and who were who are sending the messages asking for it. That's all you got to do is press one. 
All you got to do is press one, and that's what this platform is for. It's so that you, if you have questions, you can call and press one, and someone will answer that question for you. So for those who ask in the question for future references, just press one and someone will answer. And, Max, they, you already know what the questions are, so go ahead and <laughs> um, provide them the information they need. Yes, sir. Uh, you can find this program at abolitiontoday.org. That's abolitiontoday.org. It's available on all major podcast platforms. 24 hours a day, check out the archives. It'll be right there. Um, also, I'd like to say uh, to Sister Jamilia that uh, remember, you know, some weeks ago, she's a member of the ASNN like myself, and some weeks ago, I said I want to bring your voices to the table. So this is what we're doing right here. We're, we're amplifying your voices for this Abolish Slavery Net National Network so they can recognize that this is crucial, and it's immediate, and it needs to be handled right now. And there's voices like yours in Louisiana and Mississippi and South Carolina and Florida who are crying in the same tone. I just want to say that. All right, so here you go. Next number coming up is 2709. Thanks a lot, man. You're welcome, brother. 2709 Live. My bad, my bad. I'm sitting here. Okay. Um, Give my salutations to the sister Jamelia. Uh, I was listening a little bit, and I'm always thrilled um, anytime I hear outside support coming in to to um, definitely contribute to the cause. Um, the overall cause at this particular moment is to um, abolish legalized slavery in this nation. And if I understood it correctly, uh, you're going to be bringing your team and your network on and definitely uh, pushing the prisoners' voices along in this, um, in this journey as well um, and our challenge against legalized slavery. So I want to salute you. And I want to let you know that I was uh, very thankful. Uh, one of the things I also want to point out was also – uh, it's very important to make sure that uh, we're heavily aware that this struggle that we're dealing with is a national issue. You know, uh, one of the things Jailhouse Lawyers speak, we try to always be mindful of the um, national issue that we are dealing with as prisoners, as a collective men, women, and children. Um, and there's a lot of good work right now going on on this particular front um, as it relates to um, uh, abolishing legalized slavery, that is from the divestment angle, from the uh, abolitionist angle, um, from all the different angles and all the different people coming together inside and out um, to try to uh, make that change in what I like to call dismantling the prison industrial slave complex. And that's what it's about, tearing the pieces apart, um, tearing it down. Um, and I agree with the comrades on the platform I was listening to earlier, and they were saying how the inside uh, need to make sure and for us, we have to do our part as well, and we definitely recognize that. Um, and once again, we're doing our part, um, as I like to always say, we want to also encourage you all on the outside to continue to do your part, too, because it counts. We need it. Uh, we need to make sure you continue to bring us to your tables, give us a seat at your tables, uh, make our voices just as equal as yours. Um, that's all I wanted to say. I can't be on too long, but um, I just wanted to like, say once again, give our salutations. From the Anglo Jazz Law, you speak. Um, um, more power and love to you all. Peace. Word, peace. Okay. Peace, bro. Okay. Yeah, um, we have any other callers, Matt? Yes, you do. Uh, we got 10 minutes, just letting you know. We at 0267. Okay. Right. 0267, you're on? 
Call 0267. Thank you for calling live from the plantation. You're in the host queue. Go ahead. Last four digits of your number are 0267. You're in the queue. Uh, thank you for calling live from the platform. Your phone may be on mute. If you want to come off mute, if you want to speak, go ahead. Sound like we are not getting a response from that number. Um, before right. we bring on another call, I don't know if we have another one in the queue or not. Um, I want to emphasize something uh, that uh, Brother Connecticut and Sister Jamelia brought up about the women. Because when she said, she said that people are, the men and the women are doing different time in different places. And Connecticut brought up the DOJ report that was, uh, I think it was January the 14th, 2014. Uh, I'm not sure on the exact date, but you can go and look it up. And we, January 14th the 10th, we want y'all to go look at and read the report. Because it says something in there. And this is what we want y'all to understand. This is just some of the stuff. They said that for 20 years, the women were being sexually assaulted and abused. That when they needed uh, basic hygiene items like extra pair of panties or um, um, pads or whatnot, that the officers would make them come in and perform some kind of, you know, degrading act just to get these things. But also, these women over that 20-year period, some of them became pregnant by these officers. And some of them were forced to have abortion. Some of them who did not want to have an abortion were jumped on and assaulted and beaten and lost their children. And then some of the other women had these children. They spent less than 72 hours with them, and they were taken away from them. But the officers who were married and had families, their wives don't know that they fathered other children inside these prisons. And these are our children. These are our children that were born on these plantations but we don't know where they are. And in the DOJ report, they did not even give a count for how many children were born. They did not give a count for how many abortions were, were taken at, the, at that institution. There's a rumor, we don't know if it's true, they said that they had a trailer outside of Tutwiler where they would take the women. But if you're in state custody, then under the uh, state laws, you cannot use state funds to fund abortions. But these nurses, would do, they were participating in it. They were committing malpractice. Everyone was complicit in these crimes because these were not voluntary sexual acts. These were rapes by men who were in authority over these women who were doing this to them. There is no consent period behind the walls and cages of a plantation. When we talk about these women and we say that we need assistance, we just I just wanted to put just a little bit out there to get you to understand why it's important for us to reach out to these women because they don't have access to cell phones. They don't have the, 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 the ability to, to, to physically defend themselves against these sexual predators. The last thing I want to say is that zero, zero, that's how many people were held accountable for what happened. Zero, that's how many officers were fired. Zero, that's how many officers were prosecuted. Zero. But in the report, it says that they documented 20 years of abuse. And they, I mean the DOJ, and they did not hold one person accountable. So, yes, they need our help. Yes, we need to emphasize. Yes, we need to have a special focus on our women. You know, we, we, we made effort. We reached in. We've tried. We've done everything. We've not had since they got the barriers up. But we need people to come in and march those barriers down because those women need help. And I'm going to close with this. When the news stations went in 
when they did the little cosmetic change, they took the news stations in. And the, the commissioner and then walked them around, and they told them, y'all can't talk to none of them. They can't say nothing. And so the women, they wanted to talk. And so the, the news article, one of the reporters said that the women were heard saying, please help us. They didn't do anything. Please help us. There's no changes being made. But they don't have a way to get their pleas out. But we know what's going on. And so that's why we continue to bring them up and mention them in Free Alabama Movement, in our articles, on our blogs, in our videos, all the time talking about these children and everything that they went through because no one has done anything and no one has been held accountable yet. And so that's why we want to bring some accountability. But we first got to get in there and understand the magnitude of the problem. I yield with that. All right, brother, we got five minutes left. You can run the next caller, Max. Are you going to close it out? It's up to you. We got five minutes left. The closing song is four and a half minutes. Yeah, go on. We uh, we thank everybody for calling in today, man, everybody. And we thank everybody for paying attention and listening to our cry, man. But this is more than a cry. This is a war cry. And this is a war cry not just to the streets, but this is a war cry to the facilities. This is a war cry to every facility in Alabama. This is a war cry to every facility across the nation. We're calling on all of our comrades, all incarcerated men and women, all families of incarcerated men and women, all of our people that is uh, tied to the struggle. This is a war cry. We're calling for everyone to stand up. We're calling for everyone to collectively come together and take back their power, utilize that power, fight for your freedom. Take back your civility. Take back your manhood and your womanhood. It's time, man. It's our time, man. And with that, we thank you, and we 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 got much love, man, for all of y'all. Uh, thank you for attending live from the plantation, Max. Take us out. No show would be complete brother LME in the freedom of death cause, cause that's what it is. It's freedom of Straight death up. to the end. Freedom of death.
like it fresh from the factory Everything you do it in factory Your lifestyle attract me Parents try distract me When I grow up I want to be like you exactly And as soon as I get up I distract me There's no way anybody could have stopped me My gravity is the Wadiara And all the mannerism Descending out of order And man start moving busy The locking of the corners The streets and all the buildings Me love you like a father Me ready and me willing Anything where you are talk Is lying my dominion And me have similar thoughts I share the same So I'm happy tonight I'm not worried about anything I'm not feeling anything My eyes have seen the The Caesar, the monsters, the grandiose, the martyrs, the hell on earth pompers, Ellsworth, Bumpy Johnsons, the Harlemites, the Garveyites, black is the credit card we swipe, popping down the night for all of mine. I can see myself back at the Audubon, Malcolm on the podium, shells drop to linoleum, swipe those, place them on display at the Smithsonian, next to only gems that were left behind by holy men, infectious, charisma of those who gave us direction, the anti-sexes, resistance against oppression, Progressive thinking, ghetto speakers, protesters against the colored only section to the genesisin, the frost mixing, the contradiction, the cross, the crucifixion, the loss we took for sinning, or Easter's back inscription, that it was written, that nothing is coincidence, they took our leaders and they lynched them. Send me 
like the, the last riot in Parchment, you know, they were sending me videos and different things. And, and I thought what I was seeing in, in Louisiana was horrific. Um, what I'm seeing in Alabama makes, makes California look like a damn resort. And it's pretty bad here. You know what I'm saying? And then just the, the depth of the degradation that is occurring. Um, there's no way in the world that we are in the middle of this civil rights movement in this country, and we are talking about systemic change, and we are not talking about what is happening within Alabama's prisons. I'll be damned if that conversation is not had. And if it has to be forced in people's face, that's what it's going to have to be because we got people dying. You know, like I, I was over here fighting back exactly. in years listening to what my sisters are being raped like that. They're being forced to have babies. They are, they are under, you know, and just listening like, damn, no, they don't have access to cell phones. They don't have some of these same resources. All of these things that, you know, I have been thinking about, you all validated for me. Like, no, this kid ain't never going to be okay. It's never going to be okay. Yeah. And we're, we have to do something. And this is larger than Alabama. If the country is not in an absolute uproar, we should be fighting just as hard as we did when George Floyd was killed and all of these other killings that are happening out here on the street. No reason why we're not. All across the traditional southern slavery states, it's really, really bad. Mississippi's entire prison system was discovered to be corrupt, and they put the uh, longest-serving uh, director in frickin' prison, uh, Christopher Epps, Commissioner Christopher Epps, if you remember that. And the companies that they were working with were also working with Louisiana and Alabama companies. So the connections are all there on a legal level of what they're doing. Um, and here in South Carolina, we just had a riot where seven men were killed. But let me let me stop, man. This is their voices. Y'all brothers got anything else to say before we call it a day here? Man, um, these yes. two got me teaching. Before that, um, it, it's still going to be important when we use this platform to. Yes, we have to focus on specific issues, specific states. But at the same time, um, I think it's important to to um, let the public understand that this here is a broad issue, more than just Alabama, as was pointed out in the group um, chat earlier on. And sometimes it might be good to um, specifically uh, touch on issues going on in some of the other states. You know, because uh, many are just as bad as uh, worse, like Mississippi and Georgia, and like the South Carolina, Louisiana as well, Florida, they have issues that need to be addressed on uh, public forums too. And uh, since we are speaking on a united forum, it would be good to focus on some of those areas, some of the other states as well, uh, on some of the shows. Yes, I agree And behind the scenes, just so y'all brothers and sisters know We're also addressing it at an international level Because the same companies that are doing this dirt right here in the United States Were born right here in the United States Are doing even worse all across the globe Right now, the largest prison, the largest employer on the entire state uh, continent of Africa Is G4S, which is a prison company 
The largest employer across all of Africa is a prison company. And the human rights violations happening in places like Zambia and Ghana and Haiti are beyond belief. It make what y'all going through look like a resort, man. It's terrible. But, you know, we're addressing that on the back end uh, with what we're doing. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it. I'm I'm, I'm from, I'm originally from Uganda. Right. You know what I mean there. Yeah. These same companies are doing it all over the world. They've used this model as an economic development program. All right, Sam. Anything else? All right. Well, Kinetic, uh, Manu, my brothers and sisters, Jamelia, everybody that participated in the call, thank you, and good night. Good night. I like the song. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.